Podcast. I'm Julius Weir. I'm Roy Vanwater. And today we have Raul and Sinas with us. Uh, how's it going, Raul? Hey, Drew. How are you doing? I appreciate the invite. Yep, no problem. Um, so today we wanted to talk with Raul about agile outside of software. Um, it's something that we uh, are fans of as well. Raul, could you talk to us a little bit about that? Sure. I, I think that's an appropriate uh, qualifier. I'd also, if you wanted to use the term accidental agile, that would, uh, that would also be a, a fair way of describing it. Uh, we had a, the environment was a nonprofit organization where we had about 50 to 60 uh, team members, uh, very few of whom had any visibility into IT processes, certainly none with software development. Uh, but it was an exciting way to use the concepts and the philosophies and the principles to a, uh, a virtual work group. Uh, just a little brief on, on that organization. It's called Southwest Job Network. And uh, what we do here in the Phoenix Valley is provide professionals who are in career transition with uh, career management skills. So networking, interviewing, how to do your resume, LinkedIn, and so forth. So uh, uh, just a little bit organizationally, the, the cross-section of, of people in terms of their skills and capabilities was all across the spectrum from HR to, to finance, accounting, uh, marketing, uh, and of course there were, there were some IT people there as well. But um, so, in um, one of the important aspects of Agile is to to deliver something that works early and get feedback on it so you can adjust course. How uh, on on something like where you're delivering content or delivering like a service or something like that, like how do you deliver part of it? I guess, or how do you deliver like uh, one piece of value, or break it up into small pieces of value? That's um, that was certainly one of our challenges. Um, and uh, if you think of the the product uh, that that we were trying to overhaul, uh, you could think of it as software because the the product itself was curriculum. So it's an educational system where we're trying to we we use this curriculum uh, in modules to teach people how to manage their careers better. Um, and so we had an existing 1.0 version, if you will, of that curriculum that was way past the need for overhaul. Um, during the course of using, during the course of uh, applying uh, agile concepts to get our curriculum up to 2.0, uh, we we did have uh, we used two week sprints. We had existing product, and we had uh, the, the the perfect scenario was that our customers for this product were actually the ones helping to overhaul it. So, so there was as close customer collaboration as you could ever hope for because they, they literally helped uh, re-engineer it uh, as, as we had new deliverables, new content, new terms, new output. Awesome. I, I like the phrase that you use, accidental agile. The, the team that you, that you were working with on, on this um, project and service, did they, like, did they know they were doing agile or, or how did that come about to, to work in these iterations? Did you, did you um, encourage that or how did it happen? Uh, so that's where I think the, you know, we, I think we all appreciate elegant design, uh, but sometimes you stump on elegance. And uh, just to back up a little bit around the, the situation and the context. So what we had was a workforce of volunteers and you have to think of, you know, put yourself in, in that mindset of these are not employees, they're not virtual around the world, these are all uh, people here physically who want to contribute. Mm -hmm. uh, but the challenge with volunteers is if you've ever tried to manage a project that lasted more than a couple of weeks, uh, it's a very fluid workforce. Uh, 
so imagine taking a large piece of software, in this case our curriculum, and having to re-engineer that with a uh, transient workforce. And what we did is we, we did compartmentalize and break down all the pieces into as small of a chunk as possible. Uh, and those are all concepts that, that you don't need to understand software development or project right. management to know that you, know, you break things down as, as uh, digestible as possible. But we had virtual teams segmented to different parts of the curriculum but what we were struggling with was continuity from team to team and having some type of reasonable pace uh, of development and progress where the teams would be motivated by what other teams were doing. And, um, and so I can't take any credit for bringing the agile concepts. I was already doing some things that were around collaboration and self-directed work teams. And that, those are the things that I brought to bear. But I really have to credit uh, Jim Brody who is a, a local, uh, he, now he's an executive, he was with Hypercom for a while, uh, expert in Lean and Six Sigma and all the different approaches. And, and you know, he, he walked us through, the, he walked 50 of us through an idiot's guide to Agile and, and Scrum and Sprints and, and so forth. And uh, it was a perfect match between what we already had in terms of scoping out the work and breaking out virtual teams uh, and the need to have quick increments and quick cycles on uh, on the actual deliverables. So once he applied, once he brought that knowledge of uh, how to execute the work and how to organize people, uh, coupled with what we already had, it, it just was fantastic. And so in, in a process of six weeks, uh, we, we had 50 people uh, who basically overhauled an entire adult learning curriculum. Uh, just you, you would not, if you had familiarity with the complexity of that, you would not believe that that was possible in a, in a period of six weeks, again, with volunteer labor, uh, not subject matter experts. So you, so. Had, you had mentioned that uh, you guys were working, I think you called them virtual teams. Is that Was that an actual team? Uh, or were those virtual teams actual teams with, with uh, people in them? Well, so they're uh, virtual in the sense that uh, somebody could be a member of more than one team, and uh, they didn't necessarily meet and collaborate in person. Uh, and then, but they were all, yeah. Oh, and then, and then uh, you had mentioned that, like the because of the nature of volunteer work, that it was very transient. Like we we've noticed before that it sometimes takes teams a while to really form and get through their problems and 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 uh, start to mesh. Like, how does that work if people are constantly leaving and joining the team? So it was a, a an incredible leap of faith. Um, one of the things uh, that the unique nature of these volunteers are: these are professionals. They have a lot of pride in the work that they've done. Um, but they're currently out of work. And you're talking about, you know, these are not uh, recent college graduates or people who, these are people who have experienced, you know, being in the workforce. They're used to working on teams. They're used to working towards a common challenge. Um, and, and being out of work and displaced, they had a very high motivation to just do something and to collaborate. And so we were able to tap into that uh, desire for collaboration um, and the desire to actually you know, boost your own ego and pride by, by just getting some work done. Uh, and there was a, a very natural uh, desire to, uh, to attack a common problem. And one of the things we did, I will say all modesty aside from a, from a governance standpoint or from a centralized standpoint is we did a really good job of defining the boundaries and the framework or the sandbox in which these professionals can play. And we trusted them as adults, as professionals to say, you know, none of us are going to make any money off of this. It's for the greater good, and and so people were able to check their egos at the door and really focus on a good design and a good work product. And uh, I mean, it may have been a fluke or a one-off, but 
it really was a phenomenal achievement by, by this team of 50 people. So you kind of uh, gave the team a little, uh, or the members of the team, a little freedom to um, do what they want with a project within kind of the certain greater bounds that you put? Yeah, and I'll give you an example. So our original curriculum had been split into maybe eight modules or chapters, and so we started with eight teams uh, just because, you know, you had to start somewhere. Uh, what happened is as we, I wouldn't say after the first two-week sprint, but maybe after the second one, uh, it was pretty clear that some of those breaks, or for example, between chapters six and seven, were just artificial. There was just no logic or reason for there to be a break there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and as we were uh, getting work product back and the teams were collaborating, what happened is teams six and seven naturally wanted to collaborate. They were in the midst, in the details, in the muck. And they realized, hey, you know, this is an artificial break. Just because the legacy content was split this way doesn't mean that this is what we have to continue to do. And they, on their own, I mean, it seems common sense now in in retrospect, but as you know, when you're in the middle of teaming and work product with people you never worked before, it's not that easy necessarily to call out the obvious. But they, they called out the obvious, they collaborated with each other, they broke away that artificial breakpoint and merged those two modules. Uh, for for some better seamlessness, so those kinds of there were all kinds of very interesting breakthroughs. You know, a series of small to medium breakthroughs that just made the overall work product phenomenal. Uh, and mostly, our job was to get out of the way of the teams. That's awesome. I, I like what you said earlier about uh, working directly with the customers, the people who are actually going to be using the service as you developed it. Can you talk a little bit more on that? Sure. So what? Um, you know, each team had at least three and is maybe seven or eight people. And one, one of the framework elements that, that I pushed for and, and we were fortunate enough to have enough of were we had enough, of, uh, enough professionals with a background in training or HR or instructional design or adult learning or, or something. And, you know, it, it was a little bit of a stretch sometimes. But we were able to have each team populated with at least one uh, for lack of a better term, process person. And, and, and the process in this case was adult learning or, mm-hmm. or education. Uh, and we were able to have a, uh, enough of a cross-section of maybe an accounting and a salesperson or an IT and a marketing person on other teams where people bringing this cross-domain knowledge was uh, quite powerful and quite impactful. So the process person provided that framework and kept reminding people to stick to learning objectives, which is a, an element of adult learning, uh, and making sure that certain things were phrased with uh, very precise verbs. You know, there's there's some rules around design in, in that space. Uh, but but within that sandbox, these you know, a marketing person and an IT person collaborating uh, was was pretty powerful in terms of their ability to just uh, share domain knowledge and, and uh, even cross train. Uh, on some components, so that those parts were pretty exciting. Again, to see people who'd never really worked together before to uh, figure out a way to make it work. Right. Well, great. So uh, now, did you guys just curious do any sort of like retrospectives after your iterations uh, or anything like that? Like, I know one thing that we value as a team is um, after after we're done with our sprint, which is usually a week long, we'll get together as a team and talk about what went well and what didn't go so well. Um, as kind of a formal small ceremony. Did you guys do anything like that? You know, um, certainly not as formal as we could have. Um, we, we were better around celebrating uh, successes uh, overall amongst the, you know, the larger group. 
Um, and I, there was a core group of uh, maybe just six or seven of us who were the more of the governance point. We did that among that group, a little bit more around lessons learned and, and what do we need to do and how are the teams progressing as, as different teams uh, would, would go at different speeds. So we did that, I know, for, uh, for certain around that, the core group. Um, you know, given, given to do it over again, it, I think it would have been terrific to be able to spread that level of maturity to the, to the further teams, but, uh, but I think that would have been overreaching a little bit, so, especially since it was, in essence, a one-time gig. Right. Well, cool. So, it, you know, it sounded like it was a, a fun project. What would you say was your biggest takeaway? You know, if you could take away one thing from from the experience, what would you say that would be? You know, uh, <clears throat> even thinking about it now, and it's it's been a, a, a bit of a time since we've done this, uh, to a very large extent, you have to, uh, and it sounds silly, but you just have, you have to trust that it's going to work. Uh, it's incredibly risky to stand in front of a group of 50 or 60 professionals, you know, very seasoned uh, people with 10 to 20 years of, of business experience across all these domains, uh, and convey with confidence that this structure and this way of working, which uh, may be very foreign to many of you, this style of project management and this approach to collaboration, to stand up there and have that confidence that it's going to work. Uh, but I think we were able to convey that energy and that confidence, and we we showed that we trusted each of these work teams uh, it, through our actions. You know, we didn't override the decisions that they made. We didn't. We weren't looking over their shoulders. Uh, you know, to a very large extent, this was a peer-driven group, uh, and uh, having that trust and taking that leap of faith, uh, basically taking your intellectual property, sharing it with this public group, and and. Uh, trusting that it's going to be protected and taken care of and curated and all these you know important things, that was in, uh, inspiring, emotional, and and, uh, and uh, a rewarding. The most rewarding element, I think, of the entire effort. Awesome, yeah, great takeaway. Well, well, good, uh, Raúl. Thanks a lot for having us on the uh, on the podcast, or thanks for joining us on the podcast. Um, uh, if if you uh, do, you have anything you'd like to promote or? share with the audience you know just from uh since we're on the on the nonprofit theme to the extent that people want to uh <clears throat> contribute their professional skills in a voluntary capacity uh, a terrific organization locally here in the valley uh, it's called hands on phoenix and you can use your favorite search engine to find them hands on phoenix is a a nonprofit organization that uh, brings together volunteers functions as a broker uh, for other nonprofits and uh, and and puts those teams of people uh, to work in a variety of different capacities for for the greater good in the community. So, if you're looking for a way to contribute and give back, and, and you want to use your professional skills, uh, that's a great place to start. And uh, certainly, you, you you frequently get back more than what you give in that regard. Great. Thanks right. for having me, guys. Yeah. Thanks a lot, Raul. Cheers. If there's something you'd like to hear in a future episode, head over to integrumtech.com slash podcast, where you can suggest a topic or a guest. Looking for an easy way to stay up to date with the latest news, techniques, and events in the Agile community? Sign up today at agileweekly.com. It's the best Agile content delivered weekly for free.
The Agile Weekly Podcast is brought to you by Integrum Technologies and recorded at Gangplank Studios in Chandler, Arizona. For old episodes, check out integrumtech.com or subscribe on iTunes. Need help with your Agile transition? Have a question and need to phone a friend? Try calling the Agile Hotline. It's free. Call 866-244-8656.